Hello and happy summer to you. This is Hear Her Sports, the female athlete podcast of long-form, intimate profiles of female athletes and other women in the sports space, breaking boundaries, speaking up, and living with power and confidence. This is Elizabeth Emery, your host and producer. We are currently on our annual late summer break, and as promised, while we take a bit of time to regroup and set up for the wonderful things to come this fall, we have a special treat here today. We are running an episode of a show I love, Strides Forward. Strides Forward is narrative stories about women marathon and ultramarathon runners. Each episode tells one runner's story focused on a theme or topic. For example, the first theme series centers on experiences in and around the Comrades Marathon. The second series, Running in a Woman's Body, addresses topics of menopause, pregnancy, and red S. And the new series just launched, Roads to Boston 2021, features the journeys of nine women as they prepare for running the 2021 Boston Marathon. There's so much that I love about Strides Forward. It's about endurance women athletes for one. Two, host and creator of the show, Cherie Turner, is so good at presenting the stories each of the women share. She offers personal insight and explanation to highlight the important, good, juicy bits. And three, like all stories of female athletes, there's so many things to learn from in how they have gotten things right and wrong in their journeys. The episode I selected to share with you here is from the Comrades Marathon series and features South African Anne Ashworth. I picked this episode because Anne tells her stories of preparing for and getting through rough patches in a way that we can relate to and learn from. It also highlights Anne's tremendous support group who are there at points when it really matters. I'd like more women to see what great support looks like so they can find the same for themselves. All of Anne's story is incredible, filled with injury, emotion, the excitement of racing and training hard. I love how Cherie adds her own comments and explains things in between the interview with Anne. I also love hearing the original audio she added from Race Day Commentary. Did you know, by the way, Comrades is longer, much longer than the standard marathon distance? I sure didn't. Find all the Strides Forward episodes with full transcripts on the website stridesforwardpodcast.com. Better yet, subscribe to it on your favorite podcast player. Host Cherie tweets regularly on issues in women's sports, so follow along there as well. She's at Strides Forward on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, please enjoy this Strides Forward episode with Anne Ashworth. Hello, dear listener. Cherie here, host and producer of Strides Forward. Before we get on to this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast I think you'd enjoy. It's called She Runs Trails, and it was created to give voice to female mid-pack and back-of-the-pack trail runners who are doing incredible things out on the trail every single day. She Runs Trails is ideal for newer and veteran trail runners alike, as well as trail-curious road runners. Hosted by Melody Downlearn, who did not find trail running until age 40, this podcast covers a range of issues from nutrition, gear, ultra running, and mental health. Check out She Runs Trails podcast the next time you go for a run, or you can find Melody's latest book, The Beginner's Guide to Successful Trail Running, at sherunstrails.com. Okay, now on to the episode. Welcome back to Strides Forward, the podcast of stories about long-distance running told by women at all levels of the sport from around the world. 
I am Cherie Louise Turner, your host and producer. This episode is part of our inaugural season, and the theme of this season is experiences in and around the Comrades Marathon, a 90-kilometer or roughly 56-mile road race that takes place each year in South Africa. Comrades turns 100 years old in 2021, and over 27,000 runners registered for the 2020 event. It's the oldest and largest ultra-distance foot race in the world. And it's tremendously popular throughout the nation. In South Africa, we have a real culture geared towards ultra-distance running. Um, races like the Comrades Ultra Marathon are really a part of our, our culture and our heritage. And so as soon as you start running any kind of distance in South Africa, the second or third question you're asked is, when are you going to run Comrades? That is South African elite ultra runner Anne Ashworth. And she answered that question years ago. Anne ran her first comrades in 2008, and she's completed it seven more times since. And part of the reason Anne continues to return to comrades is that, for her, it's more than a race. So as a country... South Africa is quite complicated. We have gross differences between rich and poor, whether those are based on racial lines or cultural lines or, or whatever, you know, whatever standards you want to apply to it. There are huge disparities between South Africans, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, etc. And we are a deeply divided nation, even though apartheid has come to an end, you know, there, there are still just deep-rooted imbalances in our society, and there's a lot of unhappiness that sort of circulates around that. But running in South Africa is a great leveler of people. It doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you earn. It doesn't matter what skin color you have. We're all in the same boat. And my experience has been is that at races, South Africans are at their most nice. We are the nicest people to each other when we are racing. And whether you are a runner on the road or whether you are supporting on the side of the road, for me, that is South Africa at its finest. It's, it's a time where we get to showcase to the rest of South Africa and the world, how good we can be as a nation. Um, and I think that's why I find Comrades so symbolic, because for me, it's, it's the very best versions of ourselves that we can be. And so it, it's, it's not just a running race for me, it's a deeply spiritual experience. And it's something that makes me feel insanely patriotic. Um, it's, just, it's just an incredibly special race for me. Anne has been a serious runner since high school. She enjoyed the sport and found that the further she ran, the better she did. By the time she reached her mid-20s, Anne's focus was on marathons and ultramarathons. And to help her improve her running, Anne didn't need to look any further than her local running community. I think that because we are so comrades-focused, we're also blessed with a lot of comrades greats so the comrades legends are in and around us all the time um, and one of the comrades greats that I have a particularly close relationship with is Bruce Fordyce 
And he took me under his wing for two, two and a half years and really geared my whole training towards these ultra distance races. Bruce's he is known as Mr. Comrades. And so training under him, you know, really steered me towards focusing on comrades um, more seriously. Bruce Fordyce has won comrades nine times, more than any other athlete. He was unstoppable through the 1980s, and in 1990, he won the race one last time. He remains very involved with comrades and the greater South African running community. Working with Fordyce, Anne began to realize some of the potential she had for being an exceptional ultra runner, as she recognized at the 2016 Comrades. I actually had been injured for a series of months and um, of little to no training just in a period of six weeks. I managed to run a personal best time at Comrades, um, finishing 13th that year. And I thought, you know, if I could finish 13th on such little training, if I really applied myself, what might happen? Only six weeks of training and almost a top 10 performance. And this was on top of her working as a corporate attorney, putting in 10 to 12 hour days. With better preparation, what might happen indeed? But Anne knew that to find out, to discover what her ultimate comrade's potential was, she needed to make some changes. One major change Anne made was to switch coaches a few months after that 13th place finish. She began working with John Hamlet, one of South Africa's top long-distance running coaches. Although Bruce was very serious in his days about his own racing as a coach, he's quite happy-go-lucky, he's quite easygoing, and so if when I was training with him, it was more about just the enjoyment and the thrill of the race. But there definitely wasn't that killer in instinct in my training. Bruce really fostered a love and passion for the race. Um, but it wasn't until I started training with John that I thought, shucks, you know, I could actually try and win this thing. Anne had developed a deeper appreciation for comrades with Bruce Fordyce. And in Coach Hamlet, she found someone who could guide her to being a top competitor. And after a couple of months with John, he sat me down and he said, you know, Anne, I really think that you can win this, but it's going to require a whole lot more sacrifice on your part and you've got to really be serious about this. And that really was the changing moment for me because it stopped being a race that I just am insanely passionate about and truly love. It then became something that I deeply wanted to do well in. Coach Hamlet had a very clear picture of exactly the sacrifices Anne needed to make to move forward. John um, said to me, you know, if you want to be a serious athlete, you can't also be an attorney. And I sort of said to him, well, I still have to eat. You know, how am I going to pay my bond and fill my fridge if I, if I don't have a source of income? And he said, well, you're going to have to make a plan. And that's exactly what Anne did. Knowing full well that she'd be in for some serious financial challenges, Anne quit her job. She decided to study for a year so she could take on a different position within the law profession, one that would allow her to be her own boss. This freed Anne up so that she could prioritize ultra racing, and she followed Hamlet's rigorous training program to prepare for the 2017 Comrades and infuse her racing with a killer instinct. 
2017, I had a really good feeling about. I, I felt a lot more confident. I felt like I'd worked hard. I, I wasn't injured. I hadn't been sick. I, I felt really positive. It was my first year training with John Hamlet, and I felt like I'd done a lot in preparation for the race compared to previous years, and I was feeling pretty confident. But within less than five minutes of the start of that race, confidence, hard work, staying healthy, none of it would matter. And then um, the day before the race, I picked up a bit of a hamstring niggle and 700 meters into the race, my hamstring tore. And that was me out. And I mean, I felt like I'd had a death in my family. I was so devastated not to be able to complete the race. And and I wasn't sure I was going to go back um, just because it was so disappointing to me. Of course, Anne was not nearly done with comrades and decided to recommit herself for 2018 and continue working with Coach Hamlet. She also upped her commitment to the sport by forming a new team, Team Massmart, South Africa's first women's-only elite and sub-elite long-distance running team. Week in, week out, Anne remained focused on training, on preparing for another chance at an athletic breakthrough in this historic and hilly 56-mile event she developed such a passion for and dedicated so much of her energy to. But as the 2018 comrades got closer, Anne was facing more disappointment. The final buildup to the race, to borrow Anne's own description, was disastrous. I, I tore my glute twice in the build-up to the race and had to have some time off to try and get that under control. And it was still quite niggly, um, you know, in the weeks immediately preceding the race. So there was still some damage in that muscle, which I was quite concerned about. And then 10 days before the race, I picked up the worst stomach bug that I have ever had. And I literally was bedridden for six days. And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This was a time Anne was supposed to be resting, conserving physical and mental energy. And instead, she was sick and worried. And the Sunday before the race, I went to go visit my mom. And I just cried on her veranda. And I said, I I don't know what to do. And my mom said something so profound to me. Um, She said, Anne, I believe that God made you with running in mind. And so you've got to trust God to get you through this and race day. And I didn't have an answer for that because that was kind of it. That was all I needed to hear. And I just had to, you know, trust and hope and pray that everything was going to work out. Bolstered by her mother's calming words, Anne set to ready herself for comrades. When the stomach bug came to an end on about the Thursday before Comrades, I went out for an easy run and ran a 15K PB. And I was like, wow, I'm in great shape. I don't know how that happened. And then did a couple of fast speed work sessions before the race and felt amazing. But when Anne lined up on June 12th, 2018, she was still haunted by the deep disappointment from the previous year and the concerns about recent injuries and that wretched stomach bug. When the gun went off that morning, I just had tears streaming down my face. I was in such a state. I was so terrified um, and really didn't feel confident for the race at all. So she started with one simple goal. 
the gun went off and the only thing that I could think was just get past 1K, just get past 1K because then you've run further than you've run last year. Comrade starts in the dark of morning and the beginning of the race is chaotic. Anne and the other elite racers are escorted to the very front of the race not long before the start and there's no separation between them and the runners behind. Thousands of eager, anxious, and very fast runners crowd tightly together, ready to blast off the line. So when the gun goes off, it's a stampede of racers, male, female, elites, sub-elites, and amateurs, all mixed together. In the low-light conditions of the beginning miles of the race, it's not always obvious where the other female competitors are. So got past 1K and I said, okay, cool, let's get, let's get to 5Ks. And we ran, 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 and I got to 5Ks. And then I started to look around me at who the athletes were around me. And it, it was all the legends. It was, you know, there was a whole lot of top international athletes around me. And I was like, yikes, what am I doing up here? You know, like, I'm not used to being surrounded by these athletes. And there were several great athletes to be surrounded by. The 2018 Comrades had a strong field of female competitors. Two foreign standouts were Russians Alexandra Morozova, who had placed second the year before, and her friend Nina Zarina, who, Alexandra claimed, was a better, faster runner than she was. Elite female Russian ultra runners have a well-established history at Comrades, notably identical twins Alessia and Elena Nurgalieva. In the decade between 2003 and 2013, they were almost unbeatable. The only year one of them didn't win was in 2005, and that victory went to Tatiana Zirkova, also a Russian. The race was almost predetermined when um, the Russian twins were really dominating the front of comrades, and it was almost a foregone conclusion, like it was going to be a Russian first and second, and who was going to come in for third. It was quite depressing, to be honest. Um, I mean, depressing because there wasn't a South African contender, but also just because it, the race wasn't exciting. It wasn't enjoyable for anyone anymore. No one wants to race for third place. Then finally, in 2014, the UK's Ellie Greenwood ended the Nurgalieva reign, beating them both out for the win. And thereafter had Caroline Busman come through and really just sort of stamp some South African blood at the front of the race. It definitely made things a lot more exciting and I think has prompted a huge upsurge in, in female ultra distance running in South Africa because, you know, now everybody thinks they've got a chance and that's, that's amazing for us. And for the 2018 comrades, South Africa lined up some heavy hitters of its own. There was 2016 champion Charnay Boseman, marathon Olympian Tanith Maxwell, and Herr Stein, who many favored for the win. There were so many names to focus on, in fact, that Anne Ashworth was not among them. And to be fair, she'd dropped out the year before, and the eight previous times she'd finished comrades, Anne hadn't cracked the top ten. But of course what you'd miss by only looking at Anne's comrades' resume is the amount and quality of the training she'd been putting in over the past several years. And it wasn't until sort of 21Ks when the light was up and I started to look around and see what was happening that I realized that I was quite close to the front of the race. And I came around a corner and the lead vehicle for the ladies 
was literally 200 meters in front of me. And I completely freaked out. I was like, oh, what am I doing so close to the front of the race? This is terrifying. I'm not supposed to be here. You need to slow down. Like, this is a very bad idea. Just calm down. No doubt. A common error in ultra racing is going out too fast in the beginning and paying the price later on. So most racers have a pacing plan, a detailed outline of how fast they plan to run throughout the race. Having the discipline to stick to a pacing plan is something elite racers, and especially elite female racers, are particularly good at. It's a test of patience and confidence in your own plan and abilities to not get carried away by what's happening in the moment. So while Anne was shocked to find herself so close to the front of the field a quarter of the way into the race, what is also interesting is how many other women were nearby, which announcer and 2015 Comrades winner Carolyn Vostman took note of. You know, I think that this really just shows the caliber of the women's field that we have today because usually they really do spread out right from the early stages and it is still early stages in terms of the overall race. We'll be looking and at- so I, I backed off the pace and I slowed down a little bit and I was like, okay, just, you know, stay calm. You clearly started too fast, um, you know, but I, I was dead on target on my pacing plan that my coach had given me. Like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. What was becoming clear was that Anne's pacing plan and the pacing plans of the race favorites appeared to be very closely aligned. Again, announcer and comrades champion Vostman. But to have so many women in contention at this point actually running together in a pack just shows that we have a number of women who have the same sort of finishing time expectation, which could really lead to an exciting day. Vostman was right about that. It was going to be an exciting day. And Anne Ashworth would come to play a big role in making that so. And one person who'd share in that excitement was Anne's good friend, Bruce Fordyce. Even though Fordyce wasn't training Anne anymore, he remained a big supporter of her running. For the 2018 race, he was one of Anne's seconders, the people who provide food, liquids, and other necessities to a runner while they're out on the course. They also provide information, like how far ahead or behind other runners are. Unless runners can actually see their competition, there's no way for them to know where those runners are without someone else keeping track and telling them. So when Anne reached her meeting point with Fordyce around the 45K or 28-mile mark, he was very eager to let her know exactly what was happening. I hadn't had any information, and so I didn't know what was going on. I was just running blind, kind of following the pacing plan that I'd been given. And when I got to halfway, Bruce Fordyce, he was kind of purple. He was so excited, and he just started screaming at me, and he said, Anne, you're in third place, and you're six seconds behind the leaders. And I was like, "Uh, okay, what must I do? (laughs) And he was like, just keep going. So I just kept going. Anne remained steady and patient, sticking to the pacing plan she'd been given by Coach Hamlet. And the tears and fear and just one kilometer goal from earlier in the day were soon replaced by settling into the reality that she was one of the top competitors. Um, I then spotted Alexandra Morozova and um, Gerda running next to each other in first and second. Um, And I hung behind them for a while 
Not too much further down the road, however, the 2017 Comrades runner-up Morozova fell off the pace, and Herr de Stein was where everyone expected, out in front, leading the race. Hoping that, I mean, I, I just know that Hat is in such magnificent shape, so I'm hoping that she's going to be able to sustain that and even get quicker as the course goes on. Is that Anne Ashworth yep, coming big, up behind Big surprise her? for me seeing Anne Ashworth behind Herr de Stein at this stage. I mean, Anne Ashworth... As broadcasters were readjusting their expectations, Anne closed the gap between herself and the leader. Of course, and uh, Ashworth right onto the shoulder there of Gerda Stein. She is looking incredibly strong there, and that, that's quite interesting to see her challenging Gerda. I think Anne has been training really hard, and I don't think anybody really saw her as being somebody who would be fighting for first position in this race. So... Being in an unexpected and unfamiliar place of contending for first position was something Anne was grappling with herself. I was quite unwilling to take the lead. I I didn't really want to be there, um, but realized that I was then no longer on my pacing plan and then ran past into the lead. And it was terrifying. Anne Ashworth from Team Massmart leading the race at the moment. She passed Gerdestein. And Stain also being caught now by Morozova, the Russian. But uh, Anne Ashworth certainly has opened up a gap over Gerda Stain. Um, I'm really excited about this lead that Anne has taken. And it will be interesting to see if she can hold it. Um, but it's still a little bit too early, I think, to make such predictions. Well, this is one of the big five... While the runners had already covered 55 kilometers or roughly 35 miles... There was still almost two and a half hours of racing ahead, and Anne settled in to a no-frills approach to leading the race. I think I then ran the rest of Comrades on pure adrenaline. I, I just, I didn't know what was going. I was just like, just go, just go, just keep going. And, and ran 100% on heart from that moment onwards. And it was during this time when Anne was powering away in the lead of the most watched, biggest ultra running race in the world and one of the biggest sporting events in her country that she arrived in the area of Hillcrest, where she'd meet another of her seconders and one of her greatest supporters, her mom. She seconded me at every single one of my comrades. So she said she would do one point, which was in Hillcrest, my favorite crowd support place. And by that stage, I was leading the race. And she said it was the single most terrifying moment of her life to have her daughter running towards her, winning the comrades. And she had to hand me a water bottle. And she was like, what if I drop this water bottle? (laughs) I won't know what to do with myself if I drop this water bottle. So she had to tell the people around her, like, look, that's actually my daughter. And I I need you to give me some space because I can't drop this bottle. (laughs) And so shame the crowd, like, made a little gap for her so that she could get into the road to give me my water bottle. So, And how did that exchange go? Very smooth, perfectly executed. <laughs> While Anne was fueled by a cheering crowd, her supportive mom, adrenaline, and a straightforward focus to just keep going, she did not let any of that override her better senses as she approached Fields Hill, a notoriously steep two-mile downhill section of the course that comes at about three-quarters of the way through the race. Now, downhill running may sound fun and easier, 
But any runner who's run a long downhill will tell you it batters your legs, especially your quadriceps or quads, those big muscles on the front. Overdoing it on the downhills can lead to your legs cramping or just feeling flat or heavy. It can be devastating to your speed. And after Fields Hill, there's plenty of time for that devastation to set in. 12 more miles or about 20 kilometers to the finish, and that includes the final climb called Cowie's Hill, which is windy and at times quite steep and goes on for just under a mile. Down Fields Hill into Pine Town, Bruce Fordyce had always told me that you need to take really small steps to avoid um, trashing your quads as you go down that steep hill. And so I took these really silly little steps. I felt like a ballerina and I gave myself the giggles because I thought, I hope no one's recording me at this moment because I must look like such an idiot running down this hill with such small steps. And Alexandra came past me um, flying and I just, I wanted to go with her, but just kept on remembering that Bruce said, don't race, you'd never race down Fields Hill. And so I didn't, I waited. And who is in the lead? But Anne Ashworth certainly being passed by the Russian Alexandra Morozova. And Alexandra Morozova running very, very strongly at the moment and uh, comfortably opening up a gap over Anne Ashworth. You can see Ashworth at the moment doesn't seem to have an answer for the Russian second. And as the runners came off the downhill and started making their way over a flatter section of the course on their way to Cowie's Hill, the announcers took stock of what was happening. To see exactly what that gap is between Morozova and Ashworth, because you can see it's growing steadily all the time. And in Fadbastain hunting both of them down. And uh, has Anne Ashworth done too much too soon, or is she going to hang on to what currently looks like a second place? Well, all I can say is that. Three uh, exceptional runners, all within contention for the win. How would it all play out over the closing hour of the race? Had Alexandra overcooked herself on Fields Hill, or did she have enough left to power through to the finish? We know that Anne had purposefully let Alexandra pass her, but had she been too restrained coming down Fields Hill, allowing Alexandra to open up too much of a gap, and had Herr Stain been saving up for a final blast to the line? Anne soon provided her own reply to these questions. We got to the bottom and then I, um, by which stage Alexandra was 200 meters in front of me and I eventually decided to make a move. Morozova here running hard up the hill and is Anne Ashworth coming back at her up the hill. It looks like the gap is shortening. And Ashworth definitely coming back at her now. This race is not done by a long shot. And Anne Ashworth came well prepared to dig deep. I think one of the key strategies for me is mindset. There is a a little mental technique that says um, hope is the worst coping mechanism. And I think that you can't start comrades hoping that it's not going to be so bad. It's better for you to expect it to be really bad. (laughs) So so that is something that, that I do. I always prepare myself for the worst. I prepare myself for some pain and suffering, you know, for some tough patches but ultimately know that I will get through it. But I think the trick is not to get thrown by those bad patches. It's so easy to give up and cut yourself some slack to back off the pace. 
um, but that's actually not the right thing to do. You, you've got to button down the hatches and you've got to grid it out and it will pass. That does require some mental resolve, but it, it's something that you've got to practice in training. So, you know, it's quite tempting while you're doing a long training run or a key quality session to kind of get to 85% of the way through and think like, you know what, this is a bit tough. I think I've done enough. You know, I'll just stop now. You can't. You've got to push right through. And the more hard um, training sessions that you've got to push through and practice, the easier it will be to push through um, on race days. So when Anne needed to make her move after Fields Hill... As she approached the final stretches of the 2018 Comrades, she tapped into the mental and physical toughness she'd gained by years of pushing through hard run after hard run after hard run. I um, made my move and then just never looked back, Um, just literally head down, balls to the walls, all the way to the finish. Um, and, And that pretty much was it. Well, we're back with Anne Ashworth, and as we've come to expect in the last couple of minutes, looking a lot stronger up the hills than Alexandra Morozova. And here she's gone, and she seems to have left Morozova behind. And you can see the gap to Morozova is now significant in that we can't even... Anne was opening the gap, but the race, it wasn't quite as done as she may have thought. Um, at Tollgate, which is about six Ks to go, I had my coach with me and he said to me, the ladies are trying to catch you. If you still want to win this race, you need to run faster. And I was like, are you joking? I cannot run faster. And he said, well, you're going to have to, if you want to win this race. It's just amazing to see how close these women have been throughout the entire race. Um, and now coming into the final stages, they are looking so strong, given the fact that... And somehow I just gritted my teeth and ran a little bit faster all the way to the finish line. But it does look like Anne has it today. And look what she's done. She's, she's shown us what hard work and perseverance does. Yeah. It pays off. And here she comes into the stadium, the next Comrades champion. When I turned the last corner and I I realized that I was going to win, I mean, I could have dislocated my jaw. I was smiling so wide. Um, It was was literally just the happiest moment of my life. All the other challengers, and she finishes here in the first position for the women and Ashworth. And what a massive smile on her face. She is so excited that she has done it. That is wonderful to watch. And she goes over to... Anne Ashworth had pulled it off. In six hours, ten minutes, and four seconds, she'd gone from tears streaming down her face at the start line, through to surprising herself by being so close to the front, to becoming a somewhat reluctant race leader at halfway, to a savvy race tactician down Fields Hill, and on to a powerful retaking of the lead, and wrapping up as a decisive comrades champion. All there was left to do was celebrate, and Coach Hamlet was waiting right after Anne crossed the line. John was there at the finish line to to see me, and uh, he just took me up into his arms. He just picked me up and swung me around and just couldn't stop saying, well done, well done. Um, He actually got really choked up about it. He had a little cry, which is quite funny, because if you know the guy, he's like the most hardcore gentleman you'll ever meet. 
And once he put me down, um, Bruce, who obviously is a VIP and can go anywhere at Comrades, Bruce was next in line. He rushed down to see me and say how proud he was of me. And just to be greeted by Bruce at the finish line of Comrades, uh, you know, this Comrades legend is just incredible. And then I spotted my mom. She was a bit fragile, so she wasn't really into being hugely active at the finish line. But I spotted her in the stands, not too far from me. And somehow I found the energy to jump over the wall between um, the finish area and the stands so that I could run up the steps to see my mom. And she just gave me this huge, huge hug. Um, and it was just it was just incredible. Anne is and will now forever be a Comrades champion. It happened in a day, at a moment, but it was the culmination of years of doing what had to be done, of saying yes no matter what, when it counted. Saying yes to season after season of competitive racing beginning in her teens, saying yes to quitting her job and upending her career life to focus on elite-level racing, saying yes to pushing through hard training effort after hard training effort, and yes again to rededicating herself to Comrades after that brutally disappointing hamstring rupture at the very start of Comrades 2017, saying yes in the face of fear on the start line and in the face of being terrified to take the race lead, and saying yes once again when her coach told her, after 50 miles of racing, that she'd have to dig even deeper if she wanted to win. And Anne continues to say yes to elite running and racing. In 2019, she pulled out a fourth-place finish at Comrades, despite running with an excruciating back injury. She also continues to inspire and support other female runners through her all-women's racing team, Team MassMart. I've been raised to help people. I think that we have a moral obligation to do everything that we can to assist other people. And so if there's a way that I can assist somebody else, then I, I need to do that. And the second thing that I've, that I've always been raised to believe is that each of us are capable of making a difference. So I identified, hey, where can I make a difference? What what can I do to make a difference here in South Africa? And, you know, I wasn't going to start a, a charity or an NGO or like, I mean, I don't have the means, knowledge or skill to do that. There's basically only two things I know how to do. One is to be an attorney or an advocate and the other is to be a runner. And so I had to choose of these two things, which am I going to do? Where am I going to make my difference? And I decided to make the difference in running. And my contribution, how I'm helping out, is trying to develop, inspire, motivate women to be better and to be more committed to ultra-distance running because it's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I can share in. And this concludes our story with Anne Ashworth. But you'll hear from Anne again in our next episode, which will be a special follow-up focusing on Team MassMart. In addition to Anne, you'll hear from other members of the MassMart team, a few of whom will be featured in later episodes of the podcast. For more information about this episode or about Strides Forward, please visit stridesforwardpodcast.com. There you will also find the always-growing Runner Resources, 
a list of blogs, books, magazines, podcasts, and newsletters that are created by or focused on women, or both. These resources are mostly running-centric, with a few that address women in sports or female athletes more generally. Every episode, I highlight one of these resources. And for this episode, the highlighted resource is Lessons in Badassery, a personal blog project written by sports and adventure journalist Katie Spierka. She features interview-style posts of, well, badass female adventurers and athletes. In addition to sharing inspirational stories of exceptional athletes, this blog features a lot of really nice photography. There are so many incredible athletes here from a wide range of sports. In the realm of ultra running, I really enjoyed the May 6th post featuring Maggie Guterall and the April 15th post featuring Sarah Sawyer. You can find Lessons in Badassery at lessonsinbadassery.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. If you have an addition for the resources page, please contact me. I can always be reached through the website, or you can find me on Twitter and now also on Instagram. And on either platform, I'm at Strides Forward. Thank you to Anne Ashworth for sharing her story, as well as her story about Team MassMart. I also want to thank Anne for connecting me to several team members, and I truly appreciate her time and her trust. And thank you to the Strides Forward team, whose voices you experience in other ways on this podcast. There's April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative. She keeps the podcast branding and website looking amazing. You can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. And there's Cormac O'Regan, who makes all of the music you hear and does the sound design. Thank you, Cormac. And thank you to you, the listener. I really appreciate all the feedback and support. I truly love these stories, and I love knowing that they're making connections with listeners around the world. Please let me know what resonates with you. Until next time, this is Cherie wishing you satisfying strides forward. Whoops, that strides forward. Forward, forward, forward. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!